drove me crazy. He was in Congress for years. Years. He had one senator support him. Nobody likes him. Nobody wants to work with him. He got nothing done. He was a career politician. He, had, he did not work till he was like 41, and then he got elected to something. It was all just baloney, and I feel so bad that, you know, people got sucked into it. That's the, we'd, we'd read it, but uh, hearing her voice from the new Hillary documentary, her talking about Bernie. Hey, folks, you like Hillary just a little more, don't you? But you know what? She sounds like a human being there. Yes. Whether you Ugh. agree with her about Bernie or not, she sounds like, hey, there's something I think she actually believes. Yeah. Where, where when she was campaigning, nothing ever sounded like something she believed. Well, and it if she sounds... said glad to be here, it sounded phony. But <laughs> everything seemed different. Her tone is different. Yeah. Her, literally, her tone of voice. The pacing of what she says. The just That's a real human, and, and frankly, a very bright one. And kicking Bernie's ass, a pretty appealing one to me. Who was that? I've never heard that human before. Right. That's right. amazing. Oh, my gosh. I, You know, one of the keys. That's her when she's not focus grouping in her own mind every word that comes out of her mouth. Right. In her own mind and her handlers. I think Hillary May have just, I think she was like the last person to leave the party of the old style of politics. And to join the postmodern look, just talk to people. That's the one thing Trump's brilliant at. I mean, he's he's you know half a dozen kinds of quirky, but he just when he talks to you, he's just talking to you. And Hillary was clinging to that old model of speechifying and focus grouping and carefully right. spun messages. And and she would have won if it were not for the Russians and misogyny. <laughs> so there's voting today. The biggest prize is Michigan. Speaking of Hillary, it was in 2016, four years ago, that Bernie and Hillary were going at it, and Hillary headed into Michigan with a 27-point advantage, according to a poll the day before. Great Scott. And lost. That's what really turned it around for Bernie and made it a race. Bernie... One, despite being down nearly 30 points in a poll the day before. Nice poll. Because the young people came out like crazy, and uh, Bernie was off and running, though he didn't get the nomination, as you know. Um, but, so, what does that mean for the poll that's out today? Biden's up 51-27. 51-27 on a poll that came out yesterday. But, uh, a lot of people wonder if the youth vote is going to... Turn out the same way it did last time around. We'll see. We'll know tonight. We shall see. And if it doesn't, and Bernie does lose Michigan, he's almost certainly done. I mean, there's just the the math on it is almost impossible. Biden would have to have a health problem or something. Right. That might be one reason to stay in. Is Biden has like a complete brain lockdown. I mean, he's mm. found wandering around in his robe, mm. and uh, you know, yeah, I suppose. Uh, but let's assume for the moment he 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 remains competent. Uh, there's a lot of sympathy and love for Biden uh, among auto workers, yeah, because of the bailout. Bernie voted against it, right? Yeah, and and I just I feel like the whole whoever it is they just got to beat Trump thing. Joe is wearing that crown right now, so I just I think Bernie is uh, going to be rejected. I heard one commentator I thought it was pretty funny say uh, Bernie is. Uh, going back to the high school reunion and uh, the high school cheerleader or the uh, quarterback, depending on which way you swing, that they they were really hot for and they had a relationship with. He's going back to the reunion now, four years later, and 
just going to see if the magic's still there. But there's a pretty good chance they're going to say, yeah, how you doing? And just keep walking. Wow. That'll be heartbreaking for Bernie. And then they continued it and said, then he's going to go home to his wife, which is Washington State, which goes huge for Bernie because Washington is infected with communism. Um, (laughs) I mean, a lot of wonderful people, but a lot of just absolute wackadoo politics, mostly Seattle. Um, And he's going to go home to his wife in Washington. His wife is going to say, I'd like you to meet my new husband, Joe. (laughs) So we shall see. Bernie could be in for a a, a butt kicking today. But, uh, you know. That's why we vote. We'll find out tomorrow. Results tomorrow. That's right. Here's a darn interesting story that I haven't gotten all the way through. Maybe maybe uh, if there's more to it, I'll uh, bring it to you later. But this is uh, patient zero. This is not about coronavirus or health at all. So why did I say patient zero? Ground zero. The, the, no, it's the original person for these lawsuits that drive us all crazy and have made the world crappy. The idea that you can sue somebody over something and get millions of dollars and it puts everybody in a panic and it's why we don't do this and you can't buy that and everything costs twice as much as it should. Or to put it another way, anytime anything unfortunate happens to anyone, there's got to be a lawsuit and somebody has to pay. What was you, 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 you trip going into your neighbor's house and, and you know break your wrist or something, somebody's got to pay. There's no such thing as just, that's unfortunate. What was this printed in, Sean? It's, a, it's one of your long stories, uh, the, the, the modern journalism. Uh, it's like me, a book. I'll track but, that down. Um, uh, a woman named Mae Donahue, and a uh, poor woman, she um, she was sitting down to ha- have a little something to drink. What was she actually drinking? Uh, it was a ginger beer. Ginger beer, whatever that is. What can I get for you? Ginger beer? Oh, that's huge in my house. Uh, that's Delaney, my daughter's favorite drink. Okay. It's also a critical ingredient in a Moscow mule. Yes. Kentucky mule. Yes. All, your, all your the various mules. mules yeah, your yeah. entire mule family. <laughs> I did not know that. Yes. Anyway, this woman sat down in um, a Scottish town where she grew up to have herself a little ginger beer, and there was a snail in it. There's a snail in her beer. Did not see that coming. And uh, she complained, and they said, oh, sorry about that, and got her a different beer. This was before anybody had ever even considered the idea of you could sue or would sue or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, you know, it's just an un- there's something that happens. So she sued the ginger beer people? She got sick. Yeah, that's pretty sickening. And and, and had some problems from that. And anyway, um, a, a lawyer got wind of the story. And for the first time ever, broke from the tradition, which had been up to that time. And Oh, I didn't give you the year. This was 1928. Wow. 1928. Um, this is long before high-profile personal injury lawsuits against companies like uh, the McDonald's hot coffee or Ford catching on fire or whatever happened. Um, and it was the fir- first time ever where it wasn't only if a product was inherently dangerous... Like you're making all the beer is dangerous. Uh-huh. We, you could get sued for that, right? Or if the customer had been the producer had misled the customer into thinking it was safe when it wasn't, you know. Uh-huh. But basically, you've got a bad product. But the idea of one thing going wrong and we don't even know how it happened, and you get to sue them for it, hmm. um, had never been done before. And this lawyer worked it and worked it and worked it and and got a judgment of. Thirty-five thousand pounds, which in today's money is forty-five thousand dollars, an extravagantly large sum, and it was off and running. And then this long, long article goes through how it's grown over the years from there. And I'll dig more nuggets out of it as we go, wow. and that's how you and get to you know the McDonald's hot coffee and however many millions, and the idea that uh, there are fifty warning labels on a ladder and all that stuff. Right. 
or off a ladder. ladder. Heck, you can fall off a ladder. There are warning labor. You could get hurt on a ladder. The, the warning labor labels on things where it's hard to imagine how you would get hurt. That's the yeah. stuff. But, you know, a pair of slippers I noticed the other day that uh, our kids got. Um, oh, for the love of all that, that has some sort of decent. warning on there. You know, do not eat or. If you stuff this in your mouth, you won't be able to breathe or whatever. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, dare. <laughs> we got a, a note in a picture from a listener the other day. It's a related topic. Uh, what's the idiotic uh, prop in Cal Unicornia 65 with the cancer warnings? This guy uh, bought a new guitar. He said, hey, guys, apparently my new guitar can cause cancer in California, so should I play it or what? And there it was with the prop 65. It may contain... Uh, uh, materials that uh, cause cancer in lab rats if you make them eat 50 pounds of it. It's just so ridiculous. We walk into a building every day that's got a big sign out front that says uh, this building may cause cancer. And the first door on the left is the American Cancer Society. <laughs> Honest to goodness. <laughs> Lovers of irony, it, it does give me a little spring in my step when I walk in right. in the morning, but the stupidity then drags me back down. What I'd like to know from smart people since this started in 1928, is it possible it could go away? Could it uh, run its course and somehow clamp down on this to make it less easy to get these giant judgments? Like, Well, for instance, the guy that got, what, he got $70 million from uh, the weed spray and stuff. Yeah, Monsanto, was it? Yeah. Uh, spraying Roundup, and he got cancer. They're not sure that the Roundup gave him the cancer. There's plenty of evidence that says it didn't. There's some that say it could have, but nobody knows. Right. And he got $70 million. Right. What we're going to end up with is no products you can afford eventually. Yeah, perhaps. Or just you can't produce products like that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, It's been... An interesting ride observing the United States, our beloved country, going from the post-World War II period, in which it was all about just what had to be done. I mean, protecting the world from, from you know, the, the Nazis and the Imperial Japanese, and then communism, the Cold War, the rest of it. We're a tough culture that had no time for nonsense. Probably over the line. A lot of good people who just maybe weren't very tough or didn't fit in. They took it on the chin, and we probably could have been a more charitable and, and, and loving society. But now that everything's really pretty safe and prosperous, and now we're just so wrapped up in 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 uh, trying to get to the nth degree of enlightenment, we got the whole snowflake ridiculousness. You got young people thinking socialism's a good idea when it it just is the worst idea proven over and over again by history. So we've become the opposite. Now we're just so incredibly soft that you know, there's there's no sense of we don't have time for that. We got business to do. Well, it's going to take a hell of a change in our society, whether a world war or a virus that actually kills 50 million people or whatever, until we go back to the, we don't have time for that spirit that, frankly, made America great. Ain't nobody got time for that. That's the spirit right there, ma'am. I would hate it if there was a snail in my soda. It's pretty gross. It'd be a long time before I could look at a soda and not not gag. What am I, in a Wuhan market? Get me a soda without a snail in it. Bat-free. Yeah, come on. Gee-rose. Right. Um, more on the latest news and also Mouse in my beer. How, how do you determine if somebody's your best friend according to studies? All that on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
100-year-old Chinese man has recovered from the coronavirus, and that's great. The man says he can't wait to get back to lying in bed all day. <laughs> but, hey, that's not right. I don't approve of that joke. I demand pre-approval. Oh, hey, just uh, <laughs> briefly, because it, it, it dovetails so nicely with our previous discussion, and and uh, yeah, you know, we could be droning on about the primaries or coronavirus, but I don't. Haven't you heard enough about all that stuff? Um, so let's take a break. But we mentioned this late in the show a few days ago, and I really wanted to get this on for you earlier risers because you're such go getters. You're just people who listen to the first half are just you're different. Anyway, um, people who listen to the tail end of the show. <laughs> Tailenders, we call them. They're not even up yet. We talk slower. Yeah, we do mostly stuff about the Bachelor. Yeah. <laughs> well, but anyway, this uh, big study came out that has been getting attention, and the reason I share it with you is that you have been right for a very long time, and we have been right, and and finally the academics of the world are waking up to it. The headline is, "What's better than being right? Nothing." <laughs> Risky playgrounds are making a comeback. Oh. Yeah. Playgrounds where you actually have to climb and you have to hold on tight because if you don't, you, you can fall and you can swing from stuff and, and get a little high and get a little nervous up there. And the, <laughs> there's a new white paper out that um, is pointing out that... Um, Anybody who says that seriously, I probably wouldn't like. What a white paper uses the term white paper. Yeah, yeah, I know. But they're they're learning. They've learned what you and we already knew, and we've been howling about this for years. They're looking at the design now, asking, "Is this something the child will learn from? Is this something that will hurt the child?" And they almost never have to intervene because the children are making the same determinations themselves. Kids know they're in a higher-risk environment if they're up high, so they learn to mitigate the risk. In other words, they're careful. Here's what it turns out to be the truth, apparently. Uh, The 8-year-old doesn't want to break their arm any more than you want them to break their arm. Exactly. And the more risk-averse kids are more cautious and kind of work their way up, the kids that aren't afraid of risk are emboldened and they try stuff and sometimes they get knocked around and... And you cocoon parents. What happens is your kids learn to manage risk and manage themselves. They gain confidence. They gain judgment. They gain all sorts of stuff. Okay, well, free range kids. Okay, we're gaining ground on the ideology. It sounds like, which is good. Uh, I hope. Yeah. Um, uh, is there any fix in the legal end of it though? Because if a kid falls off and breaks his arm, and that costs the school. $80,000. They have to shut down all the sports and arts and the rest of it. Yeah. You can't really make a justification for the more dangerous playground. Yeah, well, that is... Oh, my gosh. That one just tires me oh, out. I know. It makes me sad. I know. I was at the playground yesterday, as I mentioned, because my son's got his art business that he does there. He draws people's pictures for money. I want to commission a painting from him. Or a drawing, <laughs> I suppose. But yeah. anyway, there's a tree that kind of grew at a weird angle there by the park. Not, geez, I don't know, 20 yards from the giant expensive taxpayer play structure. The kids love playing on that tree because mm-hmm. it's it's more challenging and dangerous and it's just it's exciting. It's it's attractive to them. Right. And they play on that tree all the time. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the what am I supposed to do in this play structure? Walk up these foam steps and back down? Yee. Yeah. Wee. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, like I said before, during the challenges of the 20th century, it was really important that we were a tough people, that we were hard enough that we could stand up to the challenges of the time, again, to the point where maybe we were a little mean to people who didn't fit that mold and, and shoved them aside because, you know, we needed to be harder people. Well, now we've just gotten soft to the point of ridiculousness, to the point where, you know, we we allow lawyers to bring people to their knees because they let their kids try something. And I don't I, I wish I knew how to solve it. I really do. If I were granted magical powers, I would not go back in time and have lunch with Abe Lincoln. I would somehow uh, solve this, but I don't know. Keep keep working on it. Tort reform. We will have a short coronavirus and uh and uh primary day update for you coming up in a little bit. Playboy's doing away with Playmate of the Year in favor of inclus- inclusivity, which is just oh, fantastic. Please. Oh, my God. Among other things we'll talk about on the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. decided that I am with great enthusiasm going to endorse Joe Biden for President of the United States. I believe in Joe. I really believe in him and I have known him for a long time. Now please send $10,000 in unmarked bills so that my family can see me again. I'm very happy to be here. I don't understand why Kamala Harris shot this hostage style video to show her support for Joe Biden. It looks weird. It really does. I bet even the Taliban is looking at this video like, we had better lighting and we were in a cave. Much better. Much better. <laughs> wow. I didn't see the video. So. It looks like a hostage video. Yeah, it's huh. terrible. Terrible. It's like, uh, we got 60 seconds to shoot this and it's got to be 40 seconds long. So you ready? I mean, it was just terrible. I wonder why. Speaking of women in politics, Jack, Tulsi Gabbard angry, calling hypocrisy to the Democratic Party for not letting her participate in the next debate. I'd forgotten she was still in it. The the incredibly unfair standard that they're uh, enunciating is that if you fail to win a single delegate in the first 25 states, you can't be on stage. And unfortunately, she hasn't and, uh, and has been uh, excluded. And she's again calling sexism and hypocrisy on her Democratic brethren. All right. I stand with you, Tulsi, especially if you wear that white outfit. Well, we got this text. I teach students in Wuhan. Wuhan! Online. The commute was hell, this person says. Uh-huh. Um, so they teach students in Wuhan, and they were shut up in their homes for the past month. Recently, they started returning to school. Life is getting back to normal. Okay. That gets to the New York Times story about President Xi. Why do I keep calling him president? Um, Dictator Xi in China, visiting Wuhan, and that being a sign that uh, this thing is on the decline in China. It started in China, it grew in China, and now is on the decline in China, it looks like. Donald Trump, don't trust China! I no, they shouldn't either. They're lying liars, and they're only going to tell the world what's in their best interest if, it, if they have to. But uh, what they're reporting is a real decline in the number of new cases. So for whatever reason, it burned itself out, or they contained it, or something, hmm. it looks like in China. What does that mean for the rest of the world? I don't know, because we're, we're way behind in that curve. 
The CDC just announced that Americans over 60 should stock up on supplies and avoid crowds. Why am I stocking up on supplies? What is the reason for that? I'm not over 60. In but. case there's a run on supplies because people are supposed to stock up on supplies? Yeah, that, that's the only if thing. If you're over 60, maybe if it gets bad, you're not supposed to go to the store anymore. Maybe that's it. The cutoff is 60? <clears throat> yeah. It's, well, yeah. well, I'm under 60, it's so I'm not going to worry about it. one day, it's 70 the next day. Okay. Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy are going to start taping without audiences as long as the coronavirus is a threat. Well, that's a different show, then. You'll hear no clapping. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. You might as well just not even do it. <laughs> you've ruined it, is what you've done. Jeopardy, not... you don't need a crowd. Wheel of Fortune's for uh, simpler folk. Wheel they... of Fortune is a crowd-pleasing sort of show. Yeah, yeah. You need the applause to let you know something good happened. <laughs> Did Pat... Oh, he bought a vow. Is Pat Sajak still the guy? He yeah. may be. Yeah, see, he has, a, he has a funny quip now and then, and people laugh. And if right. nobody laughs, it'll be weird. Uh, it's more sophisticated. Um, laugh tracks are for idiots, right, Sean? That's one way to know that the show you're watching isn't actually funny. Thank <laughs> <laughs> uh, you. Unlike this show. <laughs> uh, Pearl Jam has canceled their tour because of coronavirus. Oh, no. What? And getting a tremendous amount of attention for it and looking like they're some sort of forward-thinking, caring something or other. They're they're annoyingly woke. Oh, yeah. And a hell of a great band. But uh, I have tickets to see uh, Wilco coming up before too long, and I'm hoping they hang in there. Uh, we'll all be fine. Yeah, yes, we absolutely will be. <laughs> Unless we're killed except by coronavirus. For, except for those of but us... But then, uh, eh, whatever. Except yeah. for those of us aren't, but there's going to be a hell of a lot more of us killed by the flu. I mean, it's just not even close. It's like car wrecks and shark attacks. Yes. And, yeah. okay, yeah. enough of that. Um, I thought this was interesting. New Gallup, Gallup poll of congressional approval. For the first time in many years... Higher approval for Republicans in Congress than Democrats. Really? In the Gallup poll. Mm. and Even with the help of the entirety of the media, Nancy and company, falling behind. According to a Gallup poll released today, approval for Republicans in Congress surpassed that of the Democratic colleagues, with the parties earning 40% and 35% approval, respectively. Republicans had tailed had trailed the Democrats for many years. It had been more than it's been more than fifteen years since anybody's gotten to fifty percent. I don't know if that'll ever happen again in our life lifetimes. I would guess no. <laughs> uh, but impeachment seems to have played a role, just based on the timing. Republicans gained six points in their approval ratings from October to February, exactly the time of impeachment, while Democrats lost three. Mm. So, okay. Crying wolf over and over and over and over again, relentlessly. You think that may have played a role? That's kind of interesting. If the only fallout of impeachment, which seems like it happened 10 years ago and really has no impact whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I mean, people were saying at the time that by the time you got to election day, nobody would be thinking about it. Nobody's thinking about it now. Oh, no. Seriously, 72 hours after it ended, it was so over. I tell you this, most Americans are too busy in their lives to really dig into politics. And so they had, it's a quick impression business. And you look at your congressional leadership. Over on the Republican side, uh, Mitch McConnell, uh, lefties hate Mitch McConnell, but he's got kind of a boring, lawyerly, we're not going to have a vote on that. 
feel to him. So if you drive by, he's just... Uh, Kevin McCarthy, head Republican in the in the House, uh, he's a bit of a half-wit. Uh, wow. Or according to some, Jack. Wow. Uh, he's, he's not... He's not John Kennedy, Ronald Reagan. He's just, he's not much, okay? I'm just being honest with you. But he's not obviously a bad guy. He just seems like an amiable semi-doofus. Wow. Then you cross the aisle, my friend. And the aisle is the Rubicon. Whatever that reference means. (laughs) You got Nancy Pelosi, who is visibly audibly horrific. I mean, just everything about her drips like Cruella DeVille from the Dalmatians movies. She just is a villainous, just obvious, and it's just her voice and everything she says and the crying wolf and just mean as a snake. And then you got Chuck Schumer, who again, looks like some sort of cartoon villain. He's just dripping with dishonesty. So, you know, I think the leadership matters. Because what percentage of Americans can actually name their congressperson? I'll, I'll bet it's a third at best. Oh, it's not that high. Okay. Well, so you look at the people you see on TV, and on the one side you got kind of benignly meh, and on the other side you have just dripping with evil. Benignly meh, the Armstrong and Gash. <laughs> well, it's better than being, you know, D-W-E, <laughs> dripping with evil. <laughs> And one more thing I want to mention, because I'm the kind of sports fan that reads about sports and articles, because I don't actually watch games anymore. Um, New York Times had an article, Sean, saying LeBron James may be having his best year ever and nobody's noticing. I I mean, if you're watching basketball, you're noticing. He's unbelievable. He's the 10th oldest player in the league now. I didn't realize Mm -hmm. that that's where he is. Has he been in the league for like 50 years? 17 years in the league. Wow. And if you look at his total numbers of like minutes played and then you include all the playoff runs, like he's dwarfing all but like Carl Malone and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in terms of time in the league. Well, and and listen, if you know anything about the NBA, it is incredibly wearing on a human body. 17 years is an achievement if he was an end of the bencher. Well, yeah, he's played more than than most people who play 17 years because most people don't go to the finals, what, uh, six consecutive years, was it? Seven, eight, somewhere in that range. Lost count, it's too many. That's a lot of extra games. Anyway, it's his 17th season, 48,000 regular season minutes um, in the top 10 in all kinds of NBA career list. And according to all kinds of coaches they interviewed in, for this article, he's showing no signs of slowing down. Um, Someday, this will be a beautiful day, you'll be able to to buy a couple of his chromosomes or genes or something or some serum made from uh, LeBron James being and inject it into you and make yourself like 20% more robust. Yeah. Well, that's... Because he is just as a beast. I mean, he's like the difference between a one of those draft horses that's just rippling with muscle and strength and the rest of it and some, you know, spindly little thing. I mean, you know, he's, just, he's, he's, he's an amazing physical specimen. I've really taken a turn lately for uh, recognizing how much effort the really great of everything put into it and giving less credit to... No, no, the great are just lucky. And the only reason I'm not them is I'm being kept down by the man. Haters. I've been giving exactly. less credit to, uh, to to talents you're born with or the body you were born with or whatever and the amount of effort people put into it. As a couple of uh, things, music-wise, I came across um, a couple of different videos with musicians I know that you probably wouldn't have heard of. And just 
them talking about how much they practice. And I mean, these are like really successful people that you would think, well, he was just born with a genius or whatever. Uh-huh. That practice just an insane amount of hours. And I bring that up because LeBron mentions that in our article. He said, well, part of it is I get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and start lifting weights. Um, you can be born with his body. How uh-huh. many people are going to do that? Mm, not me. In fact, there are probably, probably a lot of people in I the, just want to serum. Probably a lot of people in history that have been born with this body or a big fat people sitting on the couch eating chips. Yes. I mean, they haven't done anything. Right. So, But they're relaxed. They're enjoying themselves. Yeah, the, 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 the really great. They did. They do have some, you know, DNA advantages, but they put a tremendous amount of effort into it. Mm-hmm. I think his eventual goal is he wants to, I don't know if they'll be able to pull it off on the same team, but I think him and his son playing in the league together is a real possibility. How old's the boy? Uh, I think he's two to three years away from being in the NBA, but that kind of hedges, hedges on if the NBA uh, changes their eligibility rules where you don't need to go to college for a year uh, before you go to the league. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, what, so, what if LeBron brings a championship to the Lakers in the year Kobe died? He's going to be, I mean, he's already the biggest star, but sure. He'll just yeah. go wherever that next level is. Nobody's ever seen it before. A combination of Kobe and Magic Johnson and Shaq and everybody all rolled into one. And Tom Brady. I don't know. I don't know what he'll <laughs> do. Everything will just explode. Then Here's elect- all the money. We're going to give you all the money now. Then you get all the King. money from, from all the endorsements and all the everything is all yours now. Mm. That would be unprecedented. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, we got something funny. Uh, coronavirus interview with a woman in the South. I think you're, you're going to have to interpret what she says. I'd be delighted. It's a little difficult to, to figure out what she's saying. I love regional dialects. It's one of those news reports where they're clearly taking advantage of somebody they interviewed on the street, but not uh, <laughs> being honest about what they're doing. Oh, boy. One of those deals. Yeah, Coming okay. up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Parents rush to travel, pulling their kids out of school. They were worried that their kids might get sick. But a health department spokesperson tells me this is not necessary because the employee is not considered sick and that employee is quarantined right now. They're just trying to see if the person will be developing any symptoms. And don't nobody want their child to be sick. And don't nobody want to take their virus to their house. Parents with children at Treadwell Middle and Elementary Schools are not playing around. Many wiped their kids down, and some even sprayed them with disinfectant spray as they took them home Monday. And I wiped my children backpack down when I got them out of school. Sure did. Gave them gloves. Sure did. Parents what are doing hell? this after Pardon? they found out an employee who works at Treadwell Middle and Elementary came in contact with a person who tested positive for the coronavirus in Memphis. Some took more extreme measures. Two garbage bags. My shoes and came and Two sacks. Another sack. Family members Pardon? tell me they don't want their kids in school. It's messed up. The flu killed them old folks in Daniel, so what's up? We're going to die anyway. That the, the, Sorry? The sign-off was, hey, we're all going to die anyway. So that's <laughs> interviewing some people in uh, Tennessee that were uh, a little hard to understand there in Shelby County about yeah. the... Coronavirus and how it's going on. You know, the funny thing is about the South that it has a reputation a reputation as being a little more slow-moving, slow-talking, etc. Everybody in that story, including the reporter, was speaking as fast as they could. They were talking super-duper fast. It's messed up. 
Do we have any other individual clips? So now this one, this we're all gonna die anyway. We're gonna die anyway. So the second woman you heard what? from is walking across the street to the school or wherever she's going, and she's covered in plastic bags. She's got like plastic bags what? on her shoes and plastic bags on her head. Yeah, oh it it looks like a last minute Halloween costume. Oh, oh like a, a homemade hazmat suit. Yes. Well, and yeah, look at the plastic oh bags. My. So this is no, a, that looks like half of Los Angeles, Skid Row. Yeah, it really does. And it's another one of those examples of local news pretending they're being serious. And not <laughs> taking advantage of kooky people. Two garbage bags. My shoes and came loose. Two sack. My shoes. No sack. Annie Jones was actually. Two sack, love sack. My shoes are Carmeloo. <laughs> well, you, you see, one of the shoes had kind of broken through the bag, so oh, yes. one of my shoes got kind of loose. I think oh, that's. I think I that's what that would be Carmeloo. It's messed up. Yeah, amen to that. Two garbage. I used to be you'd make yourself a plastic sack suit and it'd hang together. <laughs> I just want you to know what quality. We're on to you, local TV news. Oh yeah. You're not the deeply compassionate news readers you claim to be. You try to find nut jobs and exploit them. It's messed up. <laughs> this this uh, local resident is concerned about the coronavirus, and you find the wackiest person you can find. Sure. <laughs> sure. I, uh, like the guy you thought he saw Bigfoot. That ain't about Bigfoot. That's we found a wackadoo. It's messed up. That's right, ma'am. <laughs> that first woman we heard from talked so fast, I had no idea what she was saying. Yeah. Yeah, well, she's in a hurry. Yeah, well. Well, they got the coronavirus around. We're going to die anyway. We're going to die anyway. What am I going to do? Stand around talking to you with the coronavirus around? I'm willing to give an interview, but it's going to be as quick as I can. Put some plastic bags on my head and on my feet. Exactly. Head out into the world. Mind my own business. There you go. Wow. Hey, hey kids, don't put plastic bags on your head. Yeah, <laughs> say it's a good rule of thumb. Wow. We're going to talk to the guy from the Motley Fool, the the the, the Yes, that's the, right. The investor guy. Right. Yeah, exactly. Jason Moser, we've had him on a handful of times. Yeah, we're going to get a handle on what's actually happening with the stock market, why, and if anybody should care. This was the biggest crash in, in however many years yesterday. Should you cash out your entire 401k and buy Bitcoin or gold or silver or, or whatever? Um, Are we all going to die anyway, as that woman said? So what's well, the point? yes. Mm-hmm. We're going to die anyway. Well, yeah, but you don't want to starve for the last 20 years of it. It's messed up. Right. That would be messed up. That's why you diversify. Little gold, little silver, little Bitcoin, but don't cash out. <laughs> little Bitcoin, little Bitcoin. Is that, is that your cryptocurrency, little Bitcoin? It's <laughs> all right, it, but it's for kids. It's cryptocurrency yeah, for kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's got little ponies on it, and everything's got soft edges and, and pastel colors. It's little Bitcoin. <laughs> I was just on the phone with my son. We uh, we we mentioned now and then this idea of. The headline in most people's house is never Trump or Bernie or coronavirus or whatever. It's usually whatever you got going on in your own life. Real life, man. And my uh, right. son was super upset and crying last night about how he he finally broke down and like was more honest with us than he's ever been about his struggles in math in school. He just I don't understand any of it. I don't get. I have no idea. And everybody else seems to understand what's going on. And I don't. Oh, that's rough. And he was super upset and thinking he's going to fail and he's dumb and blah 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 blah. And uh, that kind of dominated our me- our evening, and I just was on the phone with him, talking and giving him a, a booster shot of confidence uh, before he goes to school today. But And when that stuff's going on, you're not thinking about the stupid news story of the day. Right, right. Sometimes a lot of the media noise 
I don't know. It's, I don't want to say that. It's demeaning. You know me. Mr. Never Demeaning. Since when do you not want to be demeaning? I just... Yeah, well, is, this a, when? is this a new thing? I don't also because of the time change? <laughs> all right. All right. I'll say it then. I'll say it. You asked for it. Now you're going to get it. I think so much of the social media noise and the anger and the constant yapping and about politics is, is people don't have anything better to do. Yeah, that is part of it. They're not invested in improving their world. They're just sitting around carping. Oh, find find something worthwhile to do with your life. That's, I mean, I, we're running out of time. Otherwise, I would flesh that thought out a bit. Um, find a purpose. Spend today thinking about the purpose of your day in your life. Instagram is my purpose. Is that a good purpose? (laughs) Throw on some plastic bags and go forth.